welcome to another edition of the Coach's Corner Podcast. My name is Joe Greenwich, and I am joined by St. Joseph's Women's Lacrosse Head Coach Alex Cahoe, and we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming 2023 season. Coach, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Joe. Excited to be here. Right off the bat, you want to talk about being excited. You guys recently celebrated your 2022 Atlantic 10 championship team, and I know we're going to talk about the coming season, but before we do that, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about it. You had the first ever women's lacrosse celebration dinner where you, you, you celebrated 30 years of lacrosse of both the men's and women's programs at their respective dinners and then also honored your championship team. What was that like to be able to get everyone together maybe one last time to kind of close the book on last year before this year starts and, and have, have a good night where everybody could come together, celebrate the program and last season's great achievement? Absolutely. It was it was a wonderful night. It was a uh... You know, first and foremost, it was a is a great night to come together and cent, uh, celebrate St. Joe's uh, Women's Lacrosse and the 30th anniversary of the program, um, and then to be able to do that with such a historic moment of our first A10 championship within the program, I think just really brought so much excitement, um, you know, and, and pride for the program together in in one night. Um, you know, we we talk about. Uh, the history of the program. We talk about the legacy our our alumni have left, and and really how that built a strong foundation for us to be able to win that championship last year, and and ultimately to be able to bring bring back our 2022 team for for one uh, one last celebration. Um, you know, to bring everyone together and and honor them, and you know they they got their rings, so it it was uh it was really exciting and and always great to see them as well as other alums and 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 celebrate together. Well, you mentioned bringing the team back and bringing them together. Uh, one of your alums made a surprise appearance. Uh, Lauren Figuro wasn't there until it seems like the perfect time. She uh, she made her way up from North Carolina just in time for the the the, the senior captains from last year to give their speech. And uh, as I hear it, it was a surprise to just about everybody in the room. Absolutely, it was a it was a special moment. Lauren Figuro, who was taking her her fifth year to play lacrosse at University of North Carolina. Um, unfortunately, was not able to make it because they had a, a scrimmage that morning. Um, and I know she was um, texting me that she was upset that she wasn't going to be able to be there to celebrate with her teammates and classmates. However, the morning of the celebration dinner, I got a text from her saying, Keho, I'm going to leave right after the scrimmage and try to make it up in time. Will you all still be at the dinner at 830 if I get there? And I said, we will still be there. You'd make sure you drive we'll safe. We'll make sure we're there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. She said, nobody knows. Keep this on the DL. I said, I got you. Um, so, you know, we, we went on with the dinner, and um, and it was – the timing, like, couldn't have worked out perfectly, to be right. honest. Uh, we're, you know, we're giving out awards, and um, and then it was time for our, our 2022 captains to get up and, and speak and um, her mom came up to this up to the stage to take pictures of the captains from last year. Lauren Fergura was a captain last mm-hmm. year, so it was three out of the four captains that were up on stage. I had just given them their rings, and her mom looked at me with like tears in her eyes, saying, "Delay, delay! Um, I'm going to keep taking pictures. Mm-hmm. She's here. She's here, right?" So I'm like, "Let's. We need more pictures of them. Here, let's get close-ups <laughs> of the ring. Here, you know. So we're so we're, you know we're we're trying to stall a little bit. And I had uh, Caroline Steele, our assistant coach, run out and and kind of find Lauren to bring her in." And 
um, when she was there, I was like, well, we actually have a surprise for you guys. Someone's here to surprise <laughs> you. And in walks Lauren and, you right. know, the tears and excitement, I think, from the players and the parents. It, it was it was just such a, a special moment. And, and um, you know, glad, La- so happy Lauren could be there. I'm glad she made it there safely. And I just hope she went the speed limit the whole way. <laughs> well, and that's really what it's all about, right? It's creating moments that you're going to remember. And, and that's really what that team did last year. But now it's on to 2023. I promise you we wouldn't linger. Uh, this year's team, uh, you do have a mix of older, experienced players and, and a lot of underclassmen. So how does that dynamic affect like the way you coach the team? Like, is, is it more towards trying to integrate younger players? Is it leaning on the older players and just hoping the younger players figure it out on their own? What, what effect does that have on, on your approach to a squad? You know, I, I think it's it is important to to really integrate our newcomers. Um, we we pride ourselves within our, our community and culture of our, our program that we don't have classes on our team. So um, by doing that, it really is the importance of every member, every person on our team, right. and, and really you know coming together. I think um, we have fourteen newcomers that that came in this year. Um, our upperclassmen I, I do a great job of really you know being open arms, bringing them in, helping to, to show them the ropes. And um, we really try to integrate them as, as quickly and best as we can. Um, and I think, you know, this year, to, to be honest, I think is, is more special than ever because we have more than half of our team that are now champions. Right. You know, we're, we're moving on to this season, but that, mm-hmm. that championship um, that they have in their back, back pocket will be there for the rest of their lives. And they now know how to win a championship, right? So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm excited for our team overall, but also our returners, like, know what needs to be done. And they know how to do it. And, and to be able to share that with our newcomers, I think, is, um, you know, I'm excited to, to see that. And, and uh, you know, again, our, our team has continued to come together, um, a quite close-knit team, and, and uh, working hard and, and having fun throughout the fall and this preseason as we, as we move to our, our season. And not all experience is the same. You talk about championship experience. That's something that, that they certainly can, can rely on, especially the, the, the leaders of your team. Talk to us a little bit about your captains, about your leadership group. How, how much do you rely on them to you know, kind of set the example for everybody else? We rely heavily on, on our leadership group. I think they, they're really an important piece of our, our team and our program. Um, you know, we have um, our, our captains this year, which are voted by our team, um, our uh, Grace Cobal, who's a, a fifth-year transfer. Um, we have Lisa Ross, who's a, a fourth-year senior. Emma O'Neill, who's a fourth-year senior, and Jordan Concordia, who's a, a junior. Um, so again, I think it's a it's a great combination of leaders with different types of experience, different positional background, um, and and they've just done a, a great job um, leading our team so far. And I'm excited for them to to continue to to lead our team. And then we also do have a, a smaller um, leadership group that we, we also work with throughout the year. Um, we have our, our leadership council, with, which includes two members from each classes as well. So really between our, our coaching staff, our, our captains, and our leadership group, right, we really come together to, to help with the you know, team's vision focus while, while staying um, true to our, our team values. And when we talked about Lauren, you mentioned her being you know, Offensive Player of the Year. Three times in a row now, the Hawks have had the Offensive Player of the Year uh, who has graduated. So replacing that sort of production on the offensive end is not something that is strange to, to the Hawks. But you still have a lot of pieces come back on, on that side. So 
how, I, I guess part of the question is how do you replace that production? Is it you know you rely on on you know who's the next one to step up, or is it you're you're, you're trying you know intentionally to spread it around, or is it just a thing where you know what we're going to toss the ball out there and we're going to see what happens? Yeah, I, you know I think it's a little bit of everything to be honest. You know I think um, we've had we had some. Um, younger players step up over the years and and every year our offense and our team as a whole I think looks different right and and um, each year it takes its own form in terms of of the strengths each end of the field really embodies right and I think you know last year uh, Lauren Figueroa stepped up huge for us and and this year I think it's going to be exciting to see who's going to step up right I think we have um, Riley Evans a midfielder returning for us Lisa Ross um, returning for us as well um, Maddie Yoder was a, a freshman last year, right? She, she's got that year under her belt. It'll be exciting to see as a sophomore what, what she's able to do. Um, Bonnie Yu as a, as a midfielder um, who, who uh, would come off the bench for us last year, right? I think she's going she's gonna, to um, step up and see a lot of opportunity, um, right? So I think it, it's really about that, that offensive unit and, you know, who's going to step up. But I think what's going to be really exciting about our offense this year is um, so many of them can step up. Right, and it's just going to make us more versatile. It's going to um, provide more more opportunities for us to be successful in attack. And no one ever goes into the season thinking, "All right, well, we're just going to put it all all of our eggs in this one basket." It kind of just <laughs> unfolds that way early right. on, and then you, you take a look a month into the season, and like, "Oh, well, so and so is leading the league in goals. Let's keep feeding her." Um, defensively, you are going to have a new look unit. A lot of players that have graduated from that group. So how do you see things shaping up there? Do you have a lot of competition for playing time? Is it a thing where like you have an idea of who you're going to call on first and then players can play their way in and out of the lineup? Or is, again, just like, well, we're going to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Trial by fire, so right, to speak. Right. Well, I, I think our, you know, this team um, is super competitive. Um, probably you know, every year our team gets more is more and more talented, right? And, and I think this year uh, – our t- again, our team is is working really hard, having fun, and and they're competing every day. And and I think, um, more specifically with our defensive unit, right? We we graduated five five defenders who were all seniors. Um, fortunately, we have Jordan Concordia back as our goalkeeper. Really, you know, she's the quarterback down there, and right. um, she's continuing to play uh, play solid. And and again, stepped up even more so as a leader this year. Um, and really look to build our defense around her. Um, Katie Lala came off the bench a little bit for us last year defensively. I think she's continuing to step up. And, and honestly, I, I'm, I'm so proud of our team because they're making our jobs hard, right? right. I, I can't, I honestly can't tell you who a solid <laughs> four or five def- defensive unit would be right now. And right. it's because they're competing, they're working hard. And, um, you know, I think, again, with the experience of Jordan and, and Katie Lala back there, we'll, we'll continue to, to build off of them. And, um, you know, see see what options work the best based off of, uh, you know, how we look and, and you know, the, what, what opponents throw our way as well. Well, that's a perfect segue into talking about the upcoming schedule. The season starts, a familiar foe uh, at Maryland. Uh, never an easy task to start the season. And the Hawks seem like they seem to relish those early season, like right out of the gate, big name games. There's a lot of games with Maryland or Georgetown, one of the first couple games of the year. Yeah. Uh, Games with Lehigh and Villanova, and then going to UConn before finally playing at home against Towson. A couple more local rivalry games with with uh, Temple and obviously LaSalle in the A10 uh, before you get into that A10 schedule. So, w- what is it about this year's schedule that you think is the 
I, I'll, I'll say like the overarching theme, like what you're hoping to take from it. Is it, uh, is it challenge the players to, you know, rise to that level of competition when you're playing a Maryland or a UConn, or is it a, you know, I want to see what, how they respond and I want to see what they do against different levels of competition to help you maybe sort out those lineup uh, issues. The, the good problem to have, as we always say with our coaches. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. But is that, is that what's in, in mind when you're putting a schedule together like that? Or is it, you know what, we just want to play the best teams possible because we want to play the best teams. Yeah. Again, I, you know, Joe, you're hitting everything on the head, right? Like, I think it's a little bit of everything. <laughs> I didn't there. mean to make it a multiple choice question. <laughs> yes, but. <laughs> yes. D, all of the above. Um, yes. No, I, again, I think it's a little bit of everything, right? I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, we we have that that goal of being A-10 champions, right? And and it, it's setting up these opponents in, in our schedule to help us prepare for our, our A-10 games. Um, and and. And having these opponents, right, these, these opponents ha- all, all bring different looks, um, and they're going to help prepare us. And, and it's important that, um, you know, a- as we step out there for each game, our, our team continually is continually learning, right, and, and starting to know who we are more and more, right? The more, I think, as a team we can understand who we are, um, you know, our, our chemistry um, and, and really what kind of character we bring for this year, uh, it's only going to help us again as we as we aim for that a10 championship one, one thing that stands out to me when I look at the, the non-conference schedule is is just how much quality there is that's relatively close like you're gonna play Maryland and Lehigh and Villanova Yukon all road trips but they're all relatively close you also have San Diego State coming in um, and Princeton will come to Hawk Hill as well from relatively nearby when you talk about have teams having different looks is that a is that something that that you know, you're looking for a team that does this or a team that does that, or is it just you want to play just a bunch of different teams, or, or or do you target and say, hey, this team plays a lot like Richmond, or this team is very similar to UMass or Duquesne or something like that? Uh, I don't think we get to that specific with it, to be honest, but it is more. Um you know, looking at the different styles of play, right? Some teams we play are going to be, you know, run and gun, push the fast break. Some games are going to, uh, teams are going to be a little bit more deliberate. Some teams will throw a man-to-man or a zone defense against us, right? So I think these teams are going to be able to to get and ultimately prepare us um, and and help us learn a little bit more uh, about us so we can be really, you know, buttoned up as we as we get towards um, a 10 games. I think, um, you know, our, our on the road, we, we love playing at Sweeney Field. We love our, our home fans um, and, and playing at home. But I also, it wasn't necessarily purposely done, but the, the you know, starting off on the road for those four games, I'm, I'm excited to see where our team's going to come out of that because a lot of times when we have these away games where you have the bus trips and you're staying at a hotel and it just, it helps bring that team, you know, our team closer together, right? It isolates so, the focus on the game. When you're home, there's all the other things going on. Right, oh, yeah, right, we have a right. game too. And you're on the road. It's like, yeah, I got my schoolwork to do, but I'm on a road trip. Like yes. this, this is I'm on the bus. I'm doing my homework. I'm playing a game. Yeah, yeah. You just see the team get you know closer and closer and and more more focused and um, you know and then I think coming out of that stretch right to to have um, quite a few you know home games off there and really be able to hopefully to continue to celebrate on Sweeney will be will be exciting. So well, last thing about the schedule, a couple of those home games: Richmond, Davidson, UMass, the other teams that were picked in the top four with St. Joe's, all home games. So there will be a high level of Atlantic 10 competition on Sweeney Field this year. And whoever it is that wins the regular season title 
and is able to you know qualify for the postseason, they're going to have to come to Hawk Hill and get the job done. So, especially looking at that late stretch with with four of your last five games all at home, how much do you feed on that home energy? You say you love playing at home, but like, how much does that crowd really, especially in those bigger games, really boost the team? I mean, it's it's huge, right? And I think. Uh... Um, first, Sweeney Field in itself, the the location is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's electric to play on Sweeney Field. I would argue it's probably one of the best lacrosse venues, um, you know, to, to play on. And that kind of bowl setting exactly, where all the sound just right? kind of goes right down there onto the field. Yeah. Yep. And and uh, you know the fans in the stand around the fence there and and um, and the energy, especially especially towards a ten time too when the weather's a little bit nice mm-hmm. too, right? So it's sunny out and. Um, not that the cold weather stops the Hawk that, fans from showing up. That's very true. That's very true. Um, you know, but it's it's it it it, it definitely the team feeds off of, of the energy there, and uh, to have you know friends, family, fans, you know, students from from St. Joe's come on and cheer on the Hawks. It's um, our team definitely feeds off that energy, and um, yeah, it, it it just adds to the overall fun and experience and and success of the team. Well, the last thing I'll ask you is about that success and. You already alluded to it earlier, and it's kind of the obvious question. When you look back at the end of the season, what will define success? Now now you've all had a taste of it, so you always wanted it before. Now you've got it. You want it even more. You want to win that Atlantic 10 championship. But if there's something, I don't know, maybe holistically that you'll look back on to decide if, if this was a successful season or not, what is it that you're looking at maybe that, that, that isn't necessarily just based on results? And what do you think it will take to get there? You know, I think I think a huge piece is is our team staying true to our team values, um, and and making sure we do that every step of the way, right? Um, we want to win championships. We want to get even further in, in the NCAA tournament that we did last year. Um, and and again, those those small things to do that are staying true to our values. Um, the connection within our team is huge, right? Mm-hmm. I think you know they. I I'm very biased, but I feel like we have a, a really special group. Uh, student athletes on our team and um, that connection to you know continuing to build the, build that connection um, you know and 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 also I think you know a huge piece I talked about before is learning right and that's what ultimately we're all looking to do here is let's look let's look to learn let's make the most of every opportunity we have together um, you know be the best we can can be every day and ultimately you know our success will be defined as were we the best team this 2023 team could be. Uh, for St. Joe's women's lacrosse, and, and looking back, I think that's that's what we want to look back on. Again, we want the championships, we want the trophies, we want the rings. You know, now we have <laughs> we have a taste of that now, right? Yeah. So we're hungry, um, we're hungry and ready. But but to me, it's it's really focusing on on those little little things, and um, you know, day in day out, like continuing to get better, continuing to stay connected, and honestly, like most importantly, let's continue to have fun together. Of course. <laughs> well, that journey starts on Saturday afternoon at Maryland. Home opener coming up March 1st. It's a Wednesday afternoon at 4 o'clock against Towson. Coach, thanks for joining us. Good luck on Saturday. Good luck throughout the season. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, maybe during another championship run. That sounds great. Go Hawks. Our thanks to Coach Alex Cahoe for joining us. And our thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time on the Coach's Corner Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Kettle Club Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the TuneIn app. You can also find us at sguhawks.com slash podcasts.